She's always found that men are attracted to her. Well, naturally, I'm amazing. Fact. Welcome back to another episode of the Vag Dialogues. I'm your host, Claire Sampson, and I have with me another fellow podcaster here today. I have Jared Sampson of Something Gate. Hi. Welcome to your first official, official appearance on the show. That's right. You were a guest kind of slot for one of them. <laughs> I was, don't call me a slot. <laughs> I brought you in in order to give the male perspective oh on a discussion we were having, if okay. you remember. Uh, about the uh, guy that didn't want his wife to oh, quit her job. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. It was a while ago. Yeah. We had the summer hiatus. Takes a long time to remember. Yeah. So we usually ask our guests lots of fun questions, but I think we've answered most of the questions over the course of this podcast and other podcasts, so I figured we kind of switch it up a little bit. Okay. And see where things go. You still um, have yet to ask me about eating my Chipotle burrito. I, that, we're, that's on there still. Oh, that's don't good. worry. We that's haven't good. lost that. I, I was like, I want, I want to definitely get to answer that question. No, don't worry. That I one's on I there. Gonna, I, was, I was afraid I was going to miss out. Absolutely. Because um, we do know, we, we've told people before that we met at Lewis University. Who, who do you mean we? Like We. Like, like, <laughs> like every time you record, you refer to yourself as we. As, as we. Who, like the you thought, had a frog in your pocket? I do. And the thought process too, well, first of all, there's lots of voices inside well, my head. It sounds like your pizza's done. And my pizza is done. First of all, there's lots of voices inside my head. And secondly, um, it's in case we ever decide to add a co-host or in case... Um, I think, see, I personally feel like it is like you are the Vag Dialogues and you're Mama Claire of the Vag Dialogues. So I it's am. Like, like it's it's not so much your show as it's, as it's your listener's show. Yes. And you just happen to be hosting it this week. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. That's good. Have fun. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm still going to ask you what fact about people surprises you the most. What fact about people surprises? So what me fact the most? about you surprises see, people? The fact that the fact that the most amount of people are assholes that surprises me the most about them. No, no. What what about you? Oh, you mean the real people? question? Yes. I see. Yes. What fact about me? Yes. Surprises other people the most. Correct. I'm asking all the hard questions. Yeah, I mean, you know, I really don't know what what would really surprise. I mean, I'm pretty much an open book when I meet people, except that I, I tend to be rather private in non-social situations. Yeah. Um, I think people see one facet of you. So if you meet someone that's like at the board game shop, for example, uh-huh. they are surprised to find out you really like fantasy football. Right. And people that you play fantasy football are really surprised to find out you play World of Warcraft. Right. I think a lot of times most people aren't as multifaceted as you are. And right. I think more than anything, people like, you know, it's like when someone finds out you play guitar. You know, because they generally, they let people latch onto one multi, you know, one facet of your personality and go, oh, if you're into sports, you must be into sports and nothing else. Right. Oh, you're into this, you must be into this and nothing else. Yeah, I guess, I guess it would be that I'm, I mean, I'm technically a geek about a lot of different things. Yeah. Like, I'm really into a lot of things and then there's always that one thing that comes and goes. Like, one year it's paintball, one year it's golf, and I'm glad I found, like, a summer thing. Mm-hmm. That works out really well for me. Because, like, one year I can be... Like, this year, I played golf a lot more than I played paintball. Correct. Last year, I played golf once. Right. But I've got that thing to where I can, like, I have the obsession, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, let's see. Maybe something that people would... I, I think the thing that people would, would probably surprise people the most is, like, how... Because I really think that I have, like, two personalities that I show mm-hmm. people. I think 
the people that I that I interact with that I'm rather um, private with or rather reserved when I meet them. I'm very I'm very cautious when I meet new people. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be surprised to see me in my element with a group of f- close friends mm-hmm. because I'm very boisterous. I'm very I have a very big personality. Very center whereas, of attention. Whereas I believe those people that know that side of me would be very surprised to find out how reserved and and rather stoic I can be in in most every other situation. It's only with them that I'm that way, and I just I don't think that most people get to see both sides of that. Absolutely, I would totally agree. But I think your whole multifaceted thing makes a lot of sense. I mean, right. that's just I guess what I just said is just another way of saying that. Absolutely. So, um, what is your passion? Kind of goes hand in hand with that. And if you can't think of a specific passion, then if you have, if you could do anything, what would it be? If I could do anything, because remember me bringing this up earlier, if I could do anything and it didn't involve having to make any money and I could just do what I want to do and enjoy my life mm-hmm. and just do whatever I want to do, I would own a bar and I would play guitar and have friends over that could play and sing and do things at that bar forever. I mean, like, if you say, if I won the lottery tomorrow, what would be the job that I'd still have to do or what I'd like to do? I'd like to buy my own, you know, have something like that to where I could just, I wouldn't want to manage it. Nope. I wouldn't want to bartend. Nope. I mean, I may want to step behind the bar or something. That's like, okay, because I'll bartend. That's fine. That's perfect, you know? And it'd be great. That's, see, that's why you and I work. It's good. Right. But no, I, you know, something like that. I like to travel. I don't get to travel much. Right. You know, especially with us having kids so young. Um, by choice. Just so everybody out there understands, it was mm-hmm. definitely by choice. We've been we were married for three and a half years before we three years three years three years yeah before we decided to have kids. So it wasn't like hey shotgun wedding or nothing. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I want to do something where I can or I can enjoy enjoy time with my friends and mm-hmm. family. That I mean, I don't go man. I got to go to Australia. Or I got to go do something. I mean, I. I wouldn't like to travel, but I think I would get over traveling really quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be fun to go do things, but I'd rather go do things with friends. Oh, absolutely. I think, like, we're too, um, we're, we both like our people. Yeah. And so that's going to bring me into one of my new questions. It's actually a really great segue, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I made a joke, I know, on the last podcast with Ann and Tim about the compound. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the listeners at home probably know how much the compound is a thing. So I really do talk about this all the time, and I want all of my friends near me all the time because I like my people. Uh-huh. I don't like other people so much, but I like my people. <laughs> so it kind of started, I think, actually um, with Anne and Kate and I for sure. Okay. We started joking about that we were going to build a compound. We're all going to live on the compound together. And some of this stemmed from the fact <laughs> Hooray that... me! Right? A lot of this stemmed from the fact that boys are freaking stupid. I know that sounds crazy, but that's kind of where it stemmed from, is that um, we were sick of our spouses at, during that day. Mm-hmm. And so the girls would live in one section of the compound and the boys would live in another. Well, now, since then, the compound has evolved. Okay. And that hasn't always been the case. So, like, we were joking about, like, who was going to sleep with who. Like, Ann and, Ann and you could sleep together because you guys could hit the snooze bu- button all the time. Oh, God, okay. And, like, not have relations, but you guys would sleep <laughs> in the same room. Where Tim and I both get up on the first alarm, so we could stay in a room together yeah, because we wouldn't know each other. Yeah. So, 
if you were on the compound. That was funny. That was, by the way, that was a freaking hilarious conversation. Oh, on, thanks. On your last, Tim and Joyce to a men episode. Oh, I thought it was I, a good I enjoyed time. that conversation. It was funny. Yeah. It, it was well, good. it's the way it goes. Tim is one of those people, and that's why we keep him. That's yep. why he's going to be on the compound. Yep. So, what would your contribution be, or what would your role be for the compound? What would you be in charge of? Have you ever seen the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. You know John Hamm's character? Yes. That's me. You're going to be the crazy, psychotic, religious guy that confuses everybody? Yeah, I'm going to be the cult leader. We have oh. a compound. We have to have a cult. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to be the cult leader. You want to be the cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that that's that's what you think you, your job would be? How, no. how would you lead the compound? <laughs> no, in reality, like, that, I mean, goofing around, that's probably, you know... That's just messed around. Um, if I like, are we talking like like post apocalyptic compound here? We no, talking, no, no, like, no, no, no. We're saying like we all decided. We all just saying we decided to like go back to the seventies and we're gonna have like. We all said fuck this noise. We're moving to Montana. We're building a huge compound, lots of space. You know, but but we have to be kind of self contained. So uh, like, woo, right? That's tough, so like, I'm not very really. I'm so not, like, Anne's gonna garden, right? Right, but like, I'm gonna cook and do laundry, right? But my problem is, is like, do you what, have? Do you have a trade? Can you do something? Can I answer your question? Yes. That'd be great. Go ahead. My my problem is, is that, like, whenever I need something, like, outside of my basic set of skills, I have to, like, ask Tim or ask Adam what to do. So, I guess the one thing that I am decent at and pretty good at is uh, I'm I'm really good at yard work. Mm, There you go. I like that, and I like to do it. And I'm actually really pretty good at pipe fitting and plumbing. Excellent. We gotta have a plumber. I can do that all day long. I can sweat pipe, thread pipe. Can't weld, but if it's it's threaded, I can make it happen. And we're only gonna need water and stuff, so it'll be good. Right. I can do copper for heating and air conditioning because there's no way we're gonna live without air conditioning. That's definitely gonna happen. And it'll happen. Right, exactly. We need that. Right. I can't do the electrical part of it, but I'm sure I can let Timmy the Pollock or or little Jewy Adam do it. One of the two. (laughs) And they'll probably find some really. Efficient way of... T- you just pulled a bobby pin out of your bra. It happened. True story. <laughs> so I would... You know what? I'd, be, I'd probably be the best helper they ever had. There you go. <laughs> the helper, hey, it's a good position to have. Because, like, I, too, am a jack-of-all-trades. So, like, I know I'm going to be doing laundry and cooking. We're going to, you know, share duties there. So. Sure. It's all good. Yeah, because yeah. I can't imagine us needing a lot of computers and stuff out there. Someone has to set up the Wi-Fi. Well, I can do that all day long. Somebody has to set up the Wi-Fi. Because we're not living, like... We're not going, like, total hippie, like, Oh, I thought, you're, I thought you were saying we're going hippie compound. No, Com- we're going to have a compound, but, like, we're going to be as self-contained as possible, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have interwebs. Oh, then I'll just I'll just pull everybody's money. I'll be the day financial planner. You're the day financial planner? Oh, hell planner. yeah. I'll there turn people's money into money. Wolf of Wall Street style, but I promise not to suck it up my nose with cocaine. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, because we can't live without Chipotle at the compound. What no, we can. You, oh, well, <laughs> you can. Uh, so what would you eat on your Chipotle burrito? I would not eat my Chipotle burrito. I'd have Chipotle tacos. Chipotle is tacos. Is that an option? It is an option. What would you eat at Chipotle? Chipotle tacos. Steak. Yep. Lettuce. Yep. Cheese. Awesome. You got to go mild sauce and hot sauce. So oh. you got you get the pico and the hot. Double salsa. And then if, 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 you're, if I'm feeling kind of, you know down about myself and feeling like I'm like, I don't like myself. I'm going to be fat. I yeah. put a little, little bit of sour cream on there. Yeah. And then absolutely chips and salsa afterwards and a gigantic soda. Diet soda because I don't like regular soda and I'm weird. I know. You are weird. I still love you despite yeah. all your flaws. Yep. Sorry. I just, I don't really care for the rice or the other rice or the beans. I mean, like, I like beans, but if I, I mean, 
Anytime I go to Chipotle, I'm a taco guy. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of tacos. I've heard this about you. It's true. It's first-hand knowledge over here. It's the way it goes. All right, so, you know, we talked about what we would, what you do on the compound, and I think the compound is one of those things that plays into people's um, skill base. Not sure. only their skills, but also their strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think understanding our strengths is very important to us, and actually, we're going to talk about the Kiersey Temperament Survey today, okay. which is an online survey that anybody at home can take. Right, so you had me take this, yes. and, and, I, and I have absolutely, I mean, you've, you've, you've talked to me about this a lot of times. Or at you about it. Whichever. <laughs> and I just don't understand. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what okay. you have to say about well, it. Well, a lot of this comes down to my core personality traits and why I find this so fascinating and so interesting. Now, does this break down to like your core personality or is this like your core personality in a business environment? Or is this just like, is this just your Kiersey temperament based on who you are as a person? Correct. Okay. Kiersey temperament breaks people into four group, four general groups of people. Okay. Now, and if then, people want to look this up, how do you spell Kiersey? Kiersey is K-E-I-R-S-E-Y. Okay. Kiersey temperament. And you can find it on the internet. And up in the top corner, it says take the take the sorter. That's where you want to click in order to take the quiz. And it's a short quiz-ish. It's 71 questions, um, but it's not, it does not take long. I think it took you, what, five minutes to take it? I'm pretty slow. It took, yeah. Okay. Five, ten, it's it's real simple. It just asks you questions, and it wants you to go with your gut instinct and answer as quickly as possible. But then, but I got hung up on the grammar of so many of the questions. I know. <laughs> That's okay. You feel more like it's like right. You feel more uh, it's yeah. Just... But they're trying to kind of get down to the to your temperament in, in those four, and so they break those four into four um, big groups, and then from there, each group is broken down into four more little groups okay um from there um i believe you have to pay to get to your your specific little one but i personally know for example that i'm not only am i an idealist but i'm also a champion idealist so i know specifically what mine is and i can't seem to i haven't been on a computer computer with it lately so i can't open open it um but i know at one point i took it for class when i went back to school i'm gonna grab my macbook no okay um because it's really not that important oh that front um but one of the things about it is why I'm so focused on strength and why I'm an idealist, and we'll, we'll, I'll get more into that, is I like, when I look at people, that's what I focus on. I, I'm, a, I'm a glass half full, I'm a positivity person, but also focusing on the good and how to make the good great. Okay. And this is something that not only showed up here, but also, if anyone's ever heard of StrengthsFinder, it's something very big in a lot of major corporations. Sure. Businesses pay big money for it, and that takes you down even further into specific yeah. strengths. And I've also done that one as well. Um, and if you look at the two side by side, right, they're eerily they're, It makes absolute complete sense what I got for my core strengths from StrengthsFinder and what I tested on with Kiersey. Do, do they tend to be pretty parallel? Oh, it's like scarily parallel. But it's but it like the StrengthsFinder one you said dives a bit deeper. Oh, it dives much deeper. It pulls out so uh, StrengthsFinder. I think it's thirty strengths that people have oh wow and it break it lists if you do the actual online thing and that one you do have to pay for or you can buy the book and then there's a code in there. oh that's cool um but it's it's it breaks down to 30 different strengths and it ranks you one through 30 on where you're at in those on each so you have you're you one through so you're one through 30 on 30 different strengths well they rank them one through 30 oh 30 like so strengths. so okay so and, like my number one strength is called maximizer i gotcha yes. okay which actually right. goes into, into play with what i'm talking about here which sure. is maximizing or capitalizing on people's strengths. i gotcha okay 
So, and that's also why I'm so drawn to the book, How Full Is Your Bucket, which I've already talked to Carly. She's going to do an episode with me, which I'm excited because I think that'll be fun. Um, But this is one of those things, and that's why uh, this is great. So, could you pull yours up, and I'll have you read it, and as you read it, we can stop and discuss. you didn't read yours yet. Do you want me to do mine first? Okay, I'll do mine first. I'm an idealist. An idealist as a temperament are passionately concerned with personal growth and development. Idealists strive to discover who they are and how they can become their best possible self. Always a quest for self-knowledge and self-improvement drives their imagination, and they want to help others make this journey. Idealists are naturally drawn to working with people, and whether in education or counseling, or in social services or personnel work, in journalism or the ministry, they're gifted at helping others find their way in life, often inspiring them to grow as individuals and fulfill their potentials. Idealists share the following core characteristics. So this is common no matter which of the four um, you test into. Idealists are enthusiastic. They trust their intuition. They yearn for romance, seek their true self, prize meaningful relationships, and dream of attaining wisdom. They pride themselves on being loving, kind-hearted, and authentic. Idealists tend to be giving, trusting, spiritual, and are focused on personal journey and human potentials. Idealists make intense mates, nurturing parents, and inspirational leaders. So that's like kind of the first like little chunk to it. Are you yeah. reading yours? <laughs> I am. Well, I'm kind of trying to see what mine says. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, mine says I'm a guardian. Yes. That's all it says. It doesn't give me, because apparently you have other yes. things. Yes. And mine just says guardian. Where at? You have to read over here. Right. That's the paragraph form of it. Right, but it, no, but what I'm saying is, is like on the thing it says there's guardian, supervisor, inspector. Oh, provider, no, no, inspector. it doesn't break your the mini report doesn't break it down. So you have to pay that. for that. You do. Have That's to pay how for they that. get you. That's how they get you. Mm. Yeah, to break it down. Mm. You can also read them and probably figure out which one you are. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So I am not like Claire. I am a guardian, and guardians are the cornerstones of society, for they are the temperament given to serving and preserving our most important social institutions. Guardians have natural talent in managing goods and services from supervision to maintenance and supply. And they use all their skills to keep things running smoothly in their families, communities, schools, churches, hospitals, and businesses. See, you are going to run the compound. <laughs> I told you. You and Anne. <laughs> Fine. We can do this. You said we could sleep together already. We can, right. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be up at the same time, like 10.30 every morning <laughs> after 15 snoozes. It'll be perfect. It's not surprising that I married you. <laughs> All guardians share the following core characteristics. Guardians pride themselves on being dependable, helpful, and hardworking. Guardians make loyal mates, responsible parents, and stabilizing leaders. Guardians tend to be dutiful, cautious, humble, and focused on credentials and tradition. Guardians are concerned citizens who trust authority, join groups, seek security, prize gratitude, and dream of meeting, uh, metting out justice. That one spot really... Um, speaks to me after all the discussions we've had about work, seeks gratitude. Yeah. That's very true. So do you want me to go into this whole next part or not? Okay, so bear with me, guys. This is a couple paragraphs worth, but... Feel free to stop if something goes, oh my God, that's me. Well, I did that a few times, if you couldn't tell by my... uh... (laughs) So guardians can have a lot of fun with their friends, but they are quite serious about their duties and responsibilities. That's... Yep. You get up and go to work every day. Guardians take pride in being dependable and trustworthy. If there's a job to be done, they can be counted on to put their shoulder to the wheel. Guardians also believe in law and order and sometimes worry that respect for authority, even a fundamental sense of right and wrong, is being lost. Perhaps this is why guardians honor customs and traditions so strongly. There are familiar patterns that help bring stability to our modern, fast-paced world. Practical and down-to-earth, guardians believe in... 
following the rules and cooperating with others. They're not very comfortable winging it or blazing new trails. Working steadily within the system is the guardian way for, in the long run, loyalty, discipline, and teamwork get the job done right. Guardians are meticulous about schedules and have a sharp eye for proper procedures. They're cautious about change, even though they know that change can be healthy for an institution. Better to go slowly, they say, and look before you leap. This is the last paragraph, so you've already stuck with me for a minute and a half here, so thank you. Uh, guardians make up as much as 40 to 45% of the population, and a good thing, because they usually end up doing all the indispensable but thankless jobs the rest of the population takes for granted. Um, one other cool thing I just saw right here that I thought was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous Guardians. Yep. Uh, George Washington. Yep. Sandra Day O'Connor. Yep. My favorite president, George H.W. Bush. Oh, God. Mother Teresa. Harry S. Truman. Elizabeth II. Sam Walton and Martha Stewart. By the way, I was joking about the George H.W. Bush thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think that pretty much is exactly... Uh, I mean, it's. It, I feel like it's a thing that's written exactly for me. And I think that's probably what you've been trying to tell me for a while about these Kersey things. Yeah. Is that it Like, it does a really good job of identifying exactly who you are. Yeah. Like, you know what, the, when, we took, when, I was, when I was taking that little quiz, I felt, like, most quizzes you can take, you can skew to oh. get the answer you feel you want. Correct. This one had such, in my opinion, polar opposite questions that I'm like, I, I this... This is the right, this is mm-hmm. what I feel. This is what I feel. Right. This is, you know, right. it wasn't, okay, you, I didn't, I mean, yes, I could probably skew it to not be me, uh-huh. but I don't think I can necessarily skew it to be what I want it to be. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is one that um, there's actually on one of like Candy Buzz or something, there was something a year ago people had posted that was literally this, this, t- it was going towards these because I read the um, descriptions at the end of what it was. It was literally a copycat of this, but rather than poison the questions like, what are you more like, you know, are you more, are in a social situation, are you more likely to be around people? This one is more more likely, less likely, blah, blah, blah. But in the quiz that was on the other, like, Candy Buzz quiz was like, in a social situation, you are drawn to people, blah, blah, blah. That's different. That's not the same question. And the only reason why I looked at that was because people kept saying they were idealists. And I know from taking this quiz that idealists make up a much smaller percentage of the, of the, of right. the population. Right. And, you know, I think, too, having read these and having done classes on them and spoken with other people, too, I find that, like, when you're reading Guardian... I don't relate to it. I don't. It's not like when I'm reading a horoscope and I'm going, right. "Oh my god, that's me." I listen to Guardian and I go, "Yeah, no, no, no." That's yeah, and, not I, and, me. I, and I was listening to yours and I was just like, "That's just not." I, I, I mean, it's not me either. Like, there's no. not there's not much of my personality would fall into that. Like, I mean, no. for instance, one thing that really makes sense to me in here is that like, I'm a very hard worker. Yeah, I'm a very hard worker, and. I'm not the guy that will generally, like, come up with fantastic, amazing ideas, you know? Right. But what I can do is I can take other people's ideas or tweak other people's ideas a bit. Right. And implement them. Or get, or get, or get that, like, in the job that I work, like, I work with engineers all the time. Right. And engineers are really good at coming up with ideas or, or ways mm-hmm. they want to do something, but they, but they don't have the field experience right. or the feel that like know how things actually work and things are right not in their office not that they won't go or anything but they just they just don't have that absolutely but it but i'm very open to i'm open to change like what this one said right 
cautious change, but I'm open to change. But I'm really good at implementing those ideas, at, at, right. at, at working hard to get these new ideas in, which which I think really, I mean, that's awesome. I, just, I really like what that said because, I mean, I at least felt like it was me and, like, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. I like how it really does break it down into, like, who you are and what you think. And I think there are some lines in here that I think – so I had a teacher way back in high school, um, Stroh who first taught me sociology, Mm -hmm. probably one of my first loves. And I didn't realize how into sociology I was until later on in life. But at the end of class, she gave us um, quotes and wrote us a letter. Okay. And one of the things that was on mine was, you see things as they are and ask why. I see things as they might be and ask why not. And one of the things that is in here is... um, the real practical world is only a starting place for idealists. They believe that life is filled with possibilities waiting to be realized, rich with meanings, calling out to be understood. The idea of mystical, spiritual dimension of life, the not visible or the not yet, can um, only be known through intuition or by leap of faith is far more important. And then um, there was another um, line in here too. Um, idealists can be incurable romantics who prefer to focus on what might be rather yeah. than what is right you know and i think that i'm i i play that a lot it's it's the one reason we got married uh-huh. because you saw me for what i may be not for the person i was at the time and yeah. you put up with me for a while <laughs> seriously yeah. well because you wanted to be that person which is which totally focuses on everything that i like when i start talking about my personality and yeah. bring that into play with some of my other things that i've learned too is like i see potential and I like to surround myself with people that want to capitalize on their potential as well. And right. I like to encourage it. But the, you want the one thing I've noticed about you is as you've, as you've gained wisdom in years, that's a really nice way of me saying you're getting, as you've gotten older. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, is that you don't do it to a fault. Oh, that's good. I think you used to. Yeah, probably. At times in your work environment mm-hmm. and a couple facets of your person, right. personal life. I don't think you do it to a fault anymore. Like you want these people, like you want somebody, even people you work with, like to like this person can like do this, and I see what they can be. And mm-hmm. okay, well, you know what? I tried and I tried and I tried and right. I tried and then I tried some more. Right. Okay, now I'm out. And before oh, yeah. you would do it to a fault. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think it's just kind of cool to see you, especially how that reads. Like yes, absolutely change, change. and. And just evolve. I mean, still within that within that same mentality and the same thought process, but your your whole entire, I mean, not your whole entire, but like um, the application of it has changed a bit, which is, which is really cool to me. Absolutely. So they they break this down into actually four or eight categories of technicality, and then based on where you test, there's letters associated that break it down into the four things, and the things they're looking for are the technical term is um, like the first one is is E for extroversion, um, which the meaning is expressive. S is sensing or observant. Mm -hmm. T is thinking or tough-minded. J is judging or scheduled. I Mm. is introversion or attentive. N is um, intuition or introspective. F is feeling, uh, meaning friendly. And P is perceiving or probing. And it's actually E versus I 
S versus N, T versus F, J versus P. So they take thinking or extroversion versus introversion, sensing versus intu in, intuition, thinking versus feeling, and judging versus perceiving. I thought you said extroversion. <laughs> no, okay, extroversion. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And so, like, I know I am a champion idealist, which is an um, extroverted, um, extroverted, intuitive. Sorry, I have to go down through the letters. Because they're all funny. Okay, so extra extroversion is basically my top yeah. trait. Then after that is um, is in, is intuition. So you're an EI. EN, because intuition is actually N. Oh, EN. EN. Okay. And then feeling. F. And then perceiving. Per, P. P. Yeah. ENFP? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm technically, like, it, if you look at it, if because all of the, the sensing, the thinking, the judging, that's all the logical side. Right. And though I have a logical portion to my brain i also right. spend a, a lot of time on the feeling portion so that's probably you know the extroversion but that's where most a lot of feelers are not very extroverted they're more in, introverted and that is not me at all right <laughs> obviously not um but i love how they, they they do and they they offer things like you can actually take this towards who you are and um you can they allow you to focus in a little bit more on what exactly so I went ahead and was looking at the Guardians, and I think you are probably, oh, see, I'm kind of caught between supervisor and protector. I'm not a supervisor. You know, okay. I read the first paragraph and said, no way. Okay, I think you're actually a protector, but that's weird because introversion is actually your first one. It's actually your first hit, but at that same point, um, well, it's, I'm sorry, it's not your most dominant, that's just the first letter, it's Just those. that's just the order they're all in. Um, even though introversion is there, I think actually... How, as most people see you extroverted, I think in some ways you are more reserved than people perceive. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, because as much as you are like to be with your family, your circle of friends, their students, that's who you're extroverted with. And you're very extroverted, but you're not. And I see here. That's okay. While you're reading that, I can go ahead and, and share my champion idealist. Uh, like other idealist champions are rather rare, rare say 3 or 4% of the population, but even more than uh, the others they consider intense emotional experiences as being vital to life. Champions have a wide range and variety of emotions and a great passion for novelty. They see life as an exciting drama, pregnant with possibilities for both good and evil. They want to experience all the meaningful events and fascinating people in the world. The most outgoing of idealists, champions can, can't wait to tell others of their extraordinary experiences. I, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's I know okay. exactly what I am. Absolutely. I just read it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, champions can be tireless in talking with others, like fountains that bubble and splash, spilling over their own words to get it all out. And, this is, and usually this is not simple storytelling. Champions often speak or write in the hope of revealing some truth about human experience or motivating others with powerful convictions. Right. Uh, the strong drive to speak out on issues and events along with their boundless enthusiasm and natural talent with language makes them the most vivacious and inspiring of all the types. We are also fiercely individualistic. Champions strive towards a kind of personal authenticity and this intention to always, this intention always to be themselves is usually quite attractive to others. At the same time, champions have outstanding in intuitive powers and can tell what's going on inside others, reading hidden emotions and giving special significance to words or actions. In fact, champions are constantly scanning the social environment, which makes a lot of, you know, if you've spent any time yeah. with me anywhere, go with me to the zoo. 
and I will tell you what the chimps are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the thing in that. How many days do you come home and I poke at you till you tell me what's wrong or oh, yeah. what's your thinking or what's absolutely. your feeling? Because I want to know all the things. And at the same time, I absolutely will uh, mm-hmm. totally uh, spill all the things and tell you all of the other things out there too. Which, <laughs> once again, a lot of this stuff goes hand in hand with my strengths finder too because one of my other things is relator. I like to relate right. things to other things and, you know, try and find common ground and all that other stuff. So it makes a lot of sense. So that's always fun. And I think it's funny too because a lot of this stuff in here talks too about like um, we tend to be very likable and people usually get along with us really well. And it's funny about that is is how I get so frustrated when someone doesn't like me for some reason. Right. I don't understand. And I'm like, but everybody likes me. <laughs> And right. then they don't. So you figured out which one you are? I thought I did until, I, like, it's funny. Like, I, re- I yeah. read the first part of Supervisors. Yeah. And then I read this, and then I was like, eh. And then I read the first part of Inspector. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And then I read the second part of Inspector. And I'm like, no. no. But I read the second part of Supervisor, and I was like, yes. Gotcha. So I don't know, man. Did you read uh, Protector? Uh, I did. Yeah, you didn't think so? No. I only read, like, Protector. Protector was all about... So, I actually, you know what, I think now that I've read Supervisor, like, I kind of got hung up in the first couple lines. Yeah, this, I think, I, now that I've read Supervisor a bit thoroughly and didn't get hung up in the first few sentences, I think this is right. Yeah. So, so I'm a supervisor, I'm going to be, I'm an ESTJ, mm-hmm. Guardian Port of the Supervisor. So, supervisor, are highly social and community-minded with many rising to positions of responsibility in their school, church, industry, or civic groups. Supervisors are generous with their time and energy and very often belong in a variety of service clubs, lodges, and associations, supporting them through steady attendance, but also taking an outspoken leadership role. Supervisors like to take charge of groups and are comfortable issuing orders. They are cooperative with their own superiors, and they would like cooperation from the people working under them. Rank, they believe, has its obligations, but it also has its privileges. I think that would absolutely describe you, especially yeah. in the work environment. I got, for sure. I got hung up on the first sentence. I was like, and oh. the community-minded, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was like, but at no. the same point, you are... It depends on what community you identify. Absolutely, right? yes. So that's why I'm... That's why I, brush it off so i think i was so interested in reading the other ones that i was just like no no it's not you, know you I mean? right but the more yeah. I, like when i started reading this i'm like yeah that's about right so compromising at least 10 percent of the population supervisors enjoy and are good at making schedules agendas inventories and so on they much prefer tried and true ways of doing things over speculation and experimentation not true supervisors keep their feet firmly on the ground and would like those under the supervision to do the same whether employee subordinate spouse or offspring uh, that's true Supervisors have no problem evaluating others and tend to judge how a person is doing in terms of his or her compliance with and respect for schedules and procedures. Because I, that's true, because like, mm-hmm. here's the deal. I would like, like in the work that I do, I would like people to absolutely follow the procedures. Absolutely. However, I am perfectly comfortable with changing procedures. Like if right. a procedure doesn't function correctly the way it needs to be done, right. the procedure can change. Absolutely. There's no problem. But when we change the procedure, the procedure needs to be followed. Yeah. My children, I want my children to behave properly. I want my children to be mm-hmm. model citizens. I want my children to be good students. Right. Kind of but you could thing. take that in conjunction, especially if you were to ever go through and do like a strengths finder or something else, you might find that some of your other traits go hand right. in hand with that. So like, for example, you might have some of the ones that are more along the lines of like, if something's broken, you are going to be the person to find the way to find the way to fix it. Right. So then you fix the process and now the procedure. Which so, is why it's hard. Right. Like when you, when you take four things with four different possibilities to break an entire American population or a population right. world into 16 categories doesn't necessarily exactly work. Right. Exactly. And that's why, you know, you kind of take it in conjunction. Like one of my things is a maximizer, which honestly would fit some of your personality very well and one of the things about that is is like when i've discovered a path Mm -hmm. that path is the best path 
Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I am a know-it-all. I, I think I'm right all the time. I know that's one of, like, one of the things that can be very annoying about me very quickly. But a lot of times it's because I've thought through everything. I've right. thought through oh, the yeah, process. Absolutely. And when it comes to work, like, one of the best compliments I ever got was from Leslie that I work with. I uh, was I had trained her to do my old job and she took it over. Well, I still cover when she's gone. And I said, "Is there anything that's changed? You know, do, do you have your do you have the notes? Is there anything that, that's changed since I did it?" And she goes, "No." She goes, "You were absolutely correct. Everything that you have given me is the best, fastest, and most efficient way to right. handle it." And that's just because I thought thought through all the possibilities. Absolutely. So. I hear you, man. So if you take that in conjunction with yeah, like yeah, your yeah. procedural thing, yes, yeah. follow the procedures, yep. but it's the procedure I've written. See? Yeah. Yeah. Add, yeah. add that stipulation and yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of go on yeah. from here. Go ahead. Uh, I know we're kind of running low on time. It's okay. Um, supervisors are unbelievably hardworking. Even as children, they are industrious and they usually respect their parents as authority figures. In school, supervisors are often model students, dutifully following directions, doing all their homework, doing it thoroughly and on time. Above all else, they wish to do what they are supposed to do. And they rarely question the teacher's assignments, method of instruction, standards, or authority. And their industry and perseverance only become more important to them as they grow into adulthood and take on the responsibilities of job and family. Supervisors approach human relations along traditional lines. Marriage and parenthood are sacred to them. And they tend to have a large circle of friends with many friendships faithfully maintained over the years. Social gatherings and ceremonies have great meaning to them. And they look forward to holiday parties, club dances, weddings... Class reunions, nope. Awards, banquets, and the like. In social situations, supervisors are friendly and talk easily with others. They can seem a bit formal in their manners. Supervisors are pretty easy to get to know. At ease and polite company, they tend to not confuse people by sending double messages or putting on airs what they seem to be they are. That, I think, is very true. So, I find this is this is hilarious okay. now, in addition to that. So, I clicked on a, on a, on a link... You can't read the whole internet to people. I'm not. I'm not. Um, But it was men, uh, guardian men in romance. Oh, jeez. I thought it was funny. Um, Since, you know, we talk about vaginas and shit on this show. Um, Is this Vaginagate? It is. This is not something dialogue. No. (laughs) It's Vaginagate. But this this says, uh, guardian lovers tend to have a tendency of coming across as boring. What? What? I know. The true gold of their love is often well hidden behind ordinary acts of daily acts of caring and sacrifice. They're likely to be stable, dependable, and predictable. What? I don't think that describes you at all. <laughs> Didn't throw that out there. Absolutely. And as a supervisor, he's proud of the fact he earned so much money his wife can stay home. <laughs> No, we spend that shit. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was like, really? Yeah. That no. that did not seem... I Close. was like, no. You guys almost had me. Almost. And then, yeah. Oh, with that mouth. That's, that reminds me of... No, I'm just kidding. You misinterpreted what I was saying. That's like someone that talks too much. Yes, no, yes. I understand. Yeah, okay. Yes. That's why I was laughing. Phrasing. I know, right? Idealist... I'm going to click on mine. Idealist uh, women... Uh, tend to be very romantic. They love to give and receive tokens of affection, such as an original poem or a hand-carved box or an item that reminds them of a shared experience. Men appreciate their compassion and empathy along with their belief in others. Specifically, um, she's always found that men are attracted to her. Well, naturally. I'm amazing. Fact. Has had quite a few serious romances. As soon as she realizes that both are attracted to each other, she will wholeheartedly throw herself into the relationship uh, but then later on discover they're not compatible. She's forced to slow down and take time to get to know know her per- her partner. 
All depends on the length of the relationship. All I guess. depends on the length of the relationship, I guess. So I think that's pretty funny on that. Yeah. It was like, meh, maybe not so much. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of the other things are there. And, you know, to learn who you are and where you come from, I think, can kind of play. Yeah, I think I think that you need to go to the Kinsey scale in, in, in that whole thing. Yes. Like the whole Kinsey. You, know, you, you got to use Kinsey for, like, regular personality. Right. And then you go Kinsey for the whole... Now, booty. Now there <laughs> is an episode. Thank you so much for inspiration. That's a late night episode, right? That's there. That's a late night episode, right there. But that would be really fun to do. Yeah, it's a an NSFW triple X rated. Triple X rated to do that, but uh, that's another. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? These social scientists, I think, have done a great job trying to figure out people's motivations, and that's the difference between psychology and sociology. Right. So absolutely. Psychology takes an individual and looks at their individualized motivations. Right. Where sociology tends to look at things in a whole, and in that, they're able to to track trends and traits and be able to, you hate to say the word generalize, but sometimes generalizations are good to know how, in theory, how things are going to act or behave. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, the two things hand in hand are a good thing to understand people's thoughts and motivations and where they go from there. Sure. Understandable, man. Is there anything that you have as a takeaway from today? No, I thought I thought the whole guardian thing was like really cool. And like, I think, I think I really do fall into that supervisor category. I mean, it just, not because I'm a supervisor, no. but like because just what the write-up said, I feel holds ninety percent true. Right. Like, I mean, really ninety. I mean, that if you're going to give it a grade, it's got to be an A if it's above a ninety percent, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the a few of the things it said didn't really apply to me when I was in high school, but it mm-hmm. really applied to me in college and grad school. Right. Like, no, I didn't go to class and I really didn't care. I mean, I listened to my teachers and their authority. I never mm-hmm. never questioned their authority right. in class. However, I just didn't go to class sometimes. Right. So, you know, it's like, I guess I, I guess I probably questioned the overall institution more than the individual teacher. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't respect the institution's authority versus the individual teacher's authority because mm-hmm. I would never, I would never argue with a person that's in a higher position with than me in front of other people well and this is a quiz that should you take multiple times you should wind up with the same answer every time right it should continue to do that um where strengths finder actually it could vary depending on the time and cha- time that you oh, really? take it hmm. i took strengths finder twice for two classes both about a year apart a year and a half and i think in my personal journey of discovery which when i went back to school was a huge personal journey for me it really mm-hmm. was it sure. was it was definitely a path and when you look at my first versus my my last test, it was where I was at at the moment, mm-hmm. and then where I wanted to go. Sure. Like so, like I go back and I read the first one, and though a lot of those traits are still high up in my list, right? My top five are not the same as they were, but when you read the top five I, now, I go, oh my god, this is exactly me. And yeah. when I read the other ones, I went, I, I even though I I agreed with it for the most part, I was like, but I'm, I'm that's not what I want. Right. And then, because, but then I changed because right. people change, and I think that's so cool to be able to go through and, and see how how we evolve as humans. Because Strengths Finder is one that they say you might get a lot of, you might get some change, you might get no change, but you might get a lot of change, and that's based on where you're at in your life and how right. far apart you've taken it. Yeah, so. that's, that's understandable. I mean, I think, you know, and it may sound a bit crazy, not crazy, but I, I think it would probably sound, I mean, I guess my question for the Kiersey thing is, do you, do you believe that this would apply to people as they're going through their adolescence and teenage years, or is more when they've become an established, somewhat of an adult? I think, actually, this can be helpful at multiple stages in your life. Okay. I think this is something that you go back to, 
and reread. It's something like before every job interview, I go back and look at. And the, one of the reasons I do is because it reminds me of who I am. Dude, that uh, I'll tell you right now, like yeah. the way the way you can play off of some of those comments on that would be awesome on like on talking about your strengths. Yeah, like I'm sitting there reading that, going, "Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did that. That's all I did." Uh-huh. You know. Because I, I do feel like I'm really pretty – I've always been told that I have a bit of an arrogance about me mm-hmm. that – or like cocksure or whatever you want to say. Confidence is the nice yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I've always felt confident. Correct. I don't feel like I'm arrogant. Right. I don't feel like I'm better than anybody else. I just am confident in the decisions that I make. I understand. I'm very, okay. I'm very secure in my decisions as so well. So it's hard – for me to then think about mm-hmm. the things that I've done, like when I'm trying to make my, when I'm trying to polish up my resume right. or like, like go for an internal job position or mm-hmm. something like that to go, Oh, you know, and you're like, Oh man, I really got to like shine some good light on stuff I've done. I'm like, it's my job. I, 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 I did my job. Right. But I think some of the stuff that this said makes me go, Oh yeah, that, Oh yeah, that, Oh my, I did that. You yeah. know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I think that it's worthwhile on the review. It's very helpful, especially review time, exactly before reviews, when you're writing your review, to go back and go, oh, I did this. This is where I'm at. This is what I've thought. Oh, yeah, I accomplished that. Because you're able to kind of put it into words. Absolutely. Like, one of the things I read through on the Strengths Finder and this is I'm able to read through it and go, oh, my goodness, I totally forgot that that's why I do what I do. And now because of that, I'm able to focus in and be like, I did this and I did that. And it gives you kind of a, a place to play. They're able to put into words what we can't to describe ourselves. Like, right. you know, tell me about yourself. And you're like, your own words. And this gives you kind of a place to go from. Okay. Can I ask you a stupid question? I know, I know I, again, I know we're running short, but I want to ask you this question. That's okay. One of the most, one question that I hate the most, I think the question I have to prep for most, like for you yeah. know, internal positions, because I don't really, I don't go for jobs outside of work, right. but for internal position posting and like I've been on the interview teams, yeah. I've been interviewed, I like, the question I hate the most is, give us one or two examples of something good you've done or a good decision you've made in the past six months. Yeah. That is the worst question ever. My um, other favorite one is, name a time when you... Um, did something did you didn't something didn't go the way you planned or something didn't work out or or you didn't do something I was it's a question like what did you not um name a time when you didn't succeed I'm like uh yeah no all I do is win 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 no matter what got money on my mind I can never get enough and every time I step up in the building everybody has all I do is win win win, win no matter what <laughs> <laughs> you should just like you should just bring a mic, like have a purse, bring a mic, and be like, mic drop. I All got- I do is win. Yep. Because <laughs> there, there are times, and you know, some of it too, though, that goes back to my core personality and how I think. You know I'm going to put that on the background right now. Oh, absolutely. You're like, while we're talking, that's going to yeah. Because it's it's all about perception. If I miss a deadline, I find a way to fix it. Yep. I find a way to correct it. I don't, like, like, I and I've had mistakes, too, where I've made, of course, I've made mistakes. Right. But everything I've done is fixable. I have not blown up the world. I have not cost any company millions of dollars. I found a way to correct it. I found a way to fix it. Right. And so because of that, when someone's like, name a time, and, like, I didn't get reprimanded. I've never been reprimanded. I've never had to go through any of that because I've f- fixed right. it. Or if there was a problem or something I was going to miss. And I said that too. Like if there was something I was, I, I, I talked about, actually one of my, like, woo, you did a good job. 
I, named, I said, you know what, I can't think of anything specific, but I will say I have had times where I was faced with two things that had deadlines and I had to prioritize which one could which one could be missed and which one couldn't. Right. You know, and that takes time to do. Right. And this is why I did it, and that's how we figured it out. So, that's always good. Well, thank you very much for coming today. I hope today was insightful. Yes, phrasing. <laughs> Are you something gate thanks listeners? Thanks for having drink? me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for having me. Double phrasing. Double phrasing. Um, we really appreciate your coming on. It's always great to have a fellow podcaster on there. Speaking of fellow podcasts, we've got Come on. we got other great shows out there. Don't forget to listen to all the other good shows on the Disease Network. Uh, the flagship show, you're going to get a disease. Something gay featuring Jared Sampson and Stephen Michael Barta. Um, that just happened. Das Drunks, and hopefully soon, Backlash re- Backslash We Rule, which I can never say right. As soon as they stop worrying about how their first episode sounds, they'll be, they'll be Yeah, they just need to post it. Just get it out there, guys. Get it in. Right? <laughs> just just put it in. Can, right. I, I know you always do your sign-off. Can I, can I throw a can, can we do a little something gay, vagina dialogue, vagina dialogues? I'm on board with that. I just want to go first, and then you can go okay. second. Okay, sounds great. Which is very uncharacteristic. Right. But, so, <laughs> that's all right. I'll come second this time. This, hey. this time. <laughs> Just want to remind you that haters are gonna hate and angels are gonna ain't. Thanks again for listening to Vagina Gate. <laughs> I'm your host Claire Sampson with my guest Jared Sampson, and remember, the right selection is to protect your erection. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. No, no, no.